Everybody and welcome to episode 362 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my uh, block-forming co-host. spinning co-host. T-spinning, T-posing co-host, Peter. That's right, Kurt. It's the, um, it's the too-fucking-hot-out edition of the cast. Oh, my uh, God. We're fo- it, summer came uh, about two months too early where we are and i'm yeah. i'm not for it i'm not about it it's yeah the ac in my house is actually like running at a reasonable degree of tilt yeah. right now. aren't you glad you got that fixed last uh, last year yeah i was glad last year as soon as i got it fixed Are you kidding me that was a miserable time Just sweltering yeah i'm gonna have to actually turn this on it is not. It, this should not be happening. This is not northern hemisphere no, this weather. Is, this is the month that I get to catch up on my budget plan. <laughs> just company just coast. You can't just drop the heat floor out from under us. Um, but that's what's happening. Um, as we talk about, you know, the uh, famous video game movie that's on everyone's lips this week about you know those two famous partners. One of the most iconic Nintendo games ever made. Yep. Uh, word on everyone's lips, from from kids to adults. Uh, we are talking about Tetris. Of course, yes. The number one selling game on the Nintendo Game Boy. Boom, got him. Um, yeah, so this this movie was uh, it was a movie that we saw. Um, it was indeed that. It, <laughs> was it anything else? Who who can say? Not, who can not, be one to say? Who can even you know make that a aspersion? Who who among us has the right to cast that sort of judgment on something? Who is harnessed here the raw power of apples in bar form? Who here has created a rock so heavy that they cannot lift? Heavy, heavy rock from the makers of the iPhone. It's just we've collaborated with the supreme brick people, and we've we've put an Apple uh, logo on a supreme brick, um, <laughs> on top of the supreme logo on the brick, and we've added one button that just plays U two songs, put it on the side <laughs> of the brick. There is no speaker; you have to have a dongle. We haven't invented the dongle yet. <laughs> Dongle's coming next quarter, if we hit our Kickstarter stretch goals. <laughs> I've never, I've never listened to anything on AirPods. I don't, so I don't know if you have either. What's the quality like on those things? Um, I don't know about AirPods. I have Pixel Buds Pros, which most reviews say are about comparable in sound quality. They sound pretty good. Like we have good enough sounding wireless earphones now. The problem is that to get, um, you know, earbud that are truly wireless that sound as good as stuff you can get for like forty dollars mm-hmm. with a headphone check you have to pay like a couple hundred dollars Mm-mm. no sir i'll take my little i'll take my little um Schoenheiser or whatever buds my little fucking remember skull candies i remember i yeah skull candies still around they they still are making 
good sounding headphones for a reasonable price. You love it. And you love it. And we love uh, our segment tray watch where we're not beating around the bush as much as I might try. Um, we, we're just getting to it. We're Jake's not here today. We got a schedule to keep. <laughs> it's, it's Friday. I had, I had the orangest fried chicken I've ever had. We got to be at the club by 10. <laughs> All our friends are halfway through a sushi boat, and I got to catch up to that shit. Yeah. We love gone, but we decided to do the podcast tonight instead of the previous night because yesterday was also too damn hot and I just didn't have it after being on a factory floor with, you know, very hot ovens running. Yeah. <laughs> to, to just add to the misery for like eight of my nine right. hours. And I do mean nine hours because I did not take a lunch yesterday. I want you, for those of you at home, I want you to imagine dragons and the heat that comes out of your mouth, right? And I want you to think of that. Oh, the misery. <laughs> now there's six dragons in this enclosed space <laughs> where the ambient temperature, if there were no dragons, is still like 85 like, degrees. It's radioactive. Radioactive. And- and the relative humidity is like 86%. <laughs> Welcome to upstate New York in the summer. <laughs> I'm waking up and I can feel it in my blood. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the new game. The new age. The new age, that's the one. Um welcome to the mother. <laughs> the mother. Yep, this is this is where I lost interest in the slate of trailers. <laughs> J Lo's taken. J Lo's taken. She's not doing a rom com this time. Uh, she's decided to do an action film. And yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is. You know, we had enough dad action movies that yeah, you know, I guess that we're bound to have a mom action movie. Um, she's really, she's really not any worse than uh, Megan Fox was. <laughs> It's yeah. her similar role. Will she find a wild a wild animal to embody her her fierce personality? Oh, there's it looks like there's a wolf in here oh, somewhere. Yeah. Wolf. And she's got and she's got like the the Siberian and she's got the floofy the floofy hood on, so yes. She's mm-hmm. a mama wolf, bear wolf. Um and she's gonna take care of her cub, child cub. Um, that's the mother coming out Mother's Day. Yep, take your mom to see the mother. The mother. And by take her, I mean to the Kid couch because it's only on Netflix. Powerful. Yeah, get that fool, Eddie up. <laughs> Kidnap <Ooh>. that fool. <laughs> uh, talk to me is uh decidedly not spoopy. It's it. It feels like. This is maybe like this is the mega blocks of sleepover ghost stories. Is like grab the hand, yeah, this is, and you can like talk yeah, to this people. This is like a yeah. It's really and the there's yeah, a monster and like the music choice is a real questionable. Is there a monster? I don't know. So honestly, so the the I guess from the trailer, like there's a little stone hand that you grab. And you right. have to do it for 90 seconds, which is just a weird-ass li- time limit. Just a minute and a half. Why? 
Um, but you get to talk to the other side. The other side. The other side. I see. And then something comes back. But you can't hold hands for more than, again, 90 seconds because the thing, you know, they get feelings. They think you're into them. You can't <laughs> let the friends. Friends only, please. Thank you. Uh, but friends, friends don't let friends talk. So to guess dead. what happens? She holds the hand for more than 90 seconds and it opens up the ghost world. And this honestly feels like the plot to a mid 90s ghost. This feels like the opening of like ghost stories or like yokai watch where all <laughs> the ghosts are let loose at the beginning of the series. And every episode is the ghost hunters uh, tracking one down and putting it back in the box. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's people like a 24 horror movies. This one feels like a kind of a miss, but I mean, I felt the same one about the fucking dress and yeah. the hair. <laughs> And those both reviewed pretty well. Yeah, you know so. what? They may have reviewed well, but I have no idea what you're talking about. I've completely lost them in my mind space. So they exist. I remember yeah, like I the walrus and the lobster. Do you not remember the hair one where she gets her braids done too tight and like, what are you tender headed or something? Oh, oh yeah, I think I remember that. I don't remember what the name of that thing was. I think it was just called hair. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it was. Because that's that's 2020s movies in a nutshell. I, that was that was a uh, an enlightening moment for me when I looked at uh, you know that movie that came out with uh, Willem Dafoe in it, uh, where he's stuck in an art gallery, which I kind of want to see, but it looks like it's out of theaters very quickly. Uh, wasn't it an apple tv that's probably what it was but anyways it was called inside and if you watch the same shows we do you'll know that uh that was also uh the parody title given to mike stiklas's like movie like generic horror movie that he made up in five <laughs> minutes <laughs> that was the title that he eventually gave it was inside because there's old lady in the walls what? Oh, that's like yeah. <laughs> the old lady in the wall. Oh, that's right. I forgot the premise. <laughs> wall grandma. <laughs> There's just an old lady in the wall. What were they reviewing? They were reviewing like fucking it's like The Conjuring or some uh, shit. Yeah, some or like uh, it wasn't like Gone Girl. It was some other thing. Just some other really bad generic horror movie. Generic horror shite. All right. Um, looks like you can get it on Apple TV, but it's a, one of those rented for twenty dollars things. So maybe it was in theaters and we just missed it. Came out March tenth. Very icky. So. No good. Um, much like the uh, last voyage of the Demeter. Okay, I actually like the concept here because um, this is a part of the Dracula that is not often talked about. Yeah. But it's really the only scary part of the book. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I haven't read. Um, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what's all. So Dracula, I get he vampires. I guess can't cross running bodies of water, right. or some shit, right? That right. So because he can like wild form, basically, he 
um, ships, like the these crates of dirt, grave dirt, I believe specifically. Yeah. Like that's the that's the lore is that they have to entomb themselves in grave dirt so that they are displaced far enough from any running water. And then when he's out, once he's out to sea, he you know starts changing shape again. I think to a wolf and like starts stalking the crew down one by one and by the time he's done like it's just an empty vessel that rolls into port Ooh, okay so this is gonna be a you know i i do like that knowing that you're, he's gonna get everybody i yeah like this isn't gonna be no a final girl or at least it shouldn't be a final girl situation i don't know how faithful they're gonna be to the source material um but i think you know, not even any of the animals. I think the a rat runs off, and that's that's Dracula okay. as the rat, okay. if I remember correctly. It's been a yeah. minute since I've. You know, weirdly enough, this reminds me of. Um, I don't know the name of the book series, but it's very. If you know what it is, you'll know what I'm talking about because it's very distinctive. Um, it's about a uh, a young boy and his dog on like a, one of these ships in this time and like the the ship gets sunk but um Davy Jones I think shows up in St. Louis Fire and he gives he gives the boy the gift of immortality and languages and and like tongues and then like the I, I guess I don't remember this and then the books are just like him and the dog's like adventures around the world being like immortal people who can who can speak every language it's a cool concept. Great concept. I just don't couldn't remember, don't remember couldn't tell you what the fucking name was, but it should be like really easy to look up because it's a pretty it's a pretty out there premise. Um much like Fool's Paradise. Yeah, this is a um I don't know if it's his Charlie Day's directorial debut. Well, um if it is, uh like hands a off. feature film maybe yeah this looks it's a it's a fresh concept it's got a really strong uh comedy cast um you know you got jason bateman jason sudeikis uh ken jong of course charlie day adrian brody it's not much of a comedian but he's a notable actor mm -hmm. uh he's done some funny stuff uh john malkovich Catherine mcnamara just a lot of yeah. glenn howerton with with what the, the list goes with on what seems like almost a timeless premise because first you know he's he's playing a silent main character which usually means uh you're gonna you know what you're doing and if you you hit it at all it's gonna be pretty memorable see also mr bean charlie chaplin um, which I think yeah. is people are kind of like that's kind of the that's that's kind of the inspiration we're seeing that here. But um, it is a really classic, like feels like a classic premise. Like a a insane asylum mate um, ends up taking the place of a star actor, and he can't speak, and he kind of doesn't know what he's doing. But his his quietness yeah. is rockets him. He to just kind of Mister Magoo's his way through through life. Yeah. And and with the with the people involved, I feel like this this will probably be pretty good. It's all in the execution. The execution looks pretty solid. We'll, we'll yeah, May twelfth. We won't have to wait very long to to see it. And this also, I think this this might be the last appearance of Ray 
Leota. Yes. People are, are mentioning We that. thought it was Cocaine Bear, but <laughs> it, turns out he, he got a good one in. Yeah, I was going to say, this is there. half as, uh, you know, even even half as good as we hope it is, it's already going to be much better of a of a send-off than uh, Cocaine Bear. Yeah. He's, he's like the Tupac of movies. <laughs> <laughs> I filmed this shit a long time ago. A real long time ago. Feel me? <laughs> That's a Dave Chappelle show joke. All you youngins out there who aren't ago. old enough to remember Chappelle show. Almost 10 years ago, that well, actually almost 20 years ago, that that particular episode aired. Yes, sir. Yazar Slay. Alright. We're getting getting fucking old. Um <laughs> unlike. Not unlike the characters in the book club. Oh, okay. Uh I know we, we talked about the trailer one for this, but the fucking just cavernous distance between trailer one and trailer two, I felt made this worthy of discussion. Okay. I mean nothing new has been shown. It's just the same like Bad grandma shtick. Their grandma's what they talk about the pussy. Yeah, um, that's 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 all I wanted. To, okay, wanted to capitalize on that segue opportunity and point out how long it's been since the last trailer for that movie came yeah. out. Um, in in a world where we took the other route, we took the other pill, went down the rabbit hole into Neverland. Peter Pan and Wendy. That's the, that's where that story comes from. It was my favorite part of Peter Pan. Was the where the Peter Pan followed the, the white rabbit. Yeah. Um, it's looks like this is Disney Plus, which honestly is for the best if you're gonna do this. Cause yeah. um, it it looks. I don't know. It doesn't look like you're gonna do any much more of a different take on it. And this one already didn't have any songs in it. It feels pretty middling. Yeah, I guess it did have a song gonna, in it, but I can't remember. They're going to hang their hat on what they've done with the casting. And I don't know. I've I've seen some of the interviews from people involved in making this movie. And it feels like they... <laughs> There, it's it's one of those typical rah rah. We've made the best thing ever. Like this is the fairy tale that you know oh, yeah. everyone deserves, sort of things. And it's like whenever you say that, the minute you say we've made this awesome thing, I know it's not going to be awesome. If you say we worked really hard on this movie and it was a passion project, labor of love, then I'll think that it's going to be good. But if you tell Unless me it's good, chances are it sucks. Unless you're the rock. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm kind of just interested. Like the movie, whatever. I don't. I've, I don't watch any of these ones, um, but I will be interested to see how they square the Lost Boys dressing up as the natives. Yeah. Um, because oh, they that's just only not because be they always jump through these hoops to um, to kind of like put them in context and be and be very modern about um, those kind of topics and having a bunch of young boys dress up as as natives and doing uh really stereotypical hooping and hollering um they're i'm sure they're gonna have 
something. They're going to make some kind of joke about it. not just an homage to the Boston Tea Party? Could have been. I I don't remember what happens in in the actual Peter Pan. Because whenever I hear dressed up like natives and I know there's boats involved, I go straight to the Boston Tea Party. I I don't think it was that. I think it was just like... But um, we're not alone. Yeah, we're not alone in our assessment of this. Uh, on Ron's trailer upload of this, uh, 750, 705 people liked it. 5,200 people disliked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, sadly, uh, you can't cast stop on this uh, movie. What do you get from beating that fight in Kingdom Hearts? Which clock one? tower boss? Um, flying. I don't think anything directly. Okay. Or maybe you get one of the crafting components you need for the Ultima weapon. They're more just like challenge mode things. Like, I don't think you. Well, you get a keyblade for beating Sephiroth, but it is ten thousand percent not worth the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It is. It is really a, a a bragging rights thing. Okay. What does it do? I forget. Again, I forget a lot. We've. I mean, it has like nine magic or nine attack rather, but it's like minus two MP, which in Kingdom Hearts one is fucking terrible because MP is a very valuable resource. Yeah. Okay, okay. Good to know. Um, yeah, the the fact that they're doing this means that they're not doing a darker version of Peter Pan, which. Um, is all that anyone on the internet kind of wants to talk about is how, like, you know, the original Peter Pan was uh, much darker than the Disney one. But since Disney doesn't... Disney isn't going to be about a, a chaotic uh, psychopath who traps well, kids in That's his... true of, like, all the early Disney movies. Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. These are all Brothers Grimm fairy tales, and they all have very dark endings. <laughs> But Disney, came, that's where the term Disneyfication comes from. Mm-hmm. Is you, okay. you took these dark stories and turned them into something that's a little more like kid friendly. Like they, they were told to kids, but these guys were German and it was kind of like a scared straight sort yeah. of thing. You will not, you will not, you will not trust strange apples. Given out by old women. They will put you to sleep. As a matter of fact, do not trust old women. <laughs> We're going to make them the villains in all these stories. Be fair to those who put this, themselves in makeup. They are liars. Um, yeah, so uh, here we go. Uh, One-Winged Angel is the name of the keyblade. Uh, it has plus eight strength, which I believe is tied for the Ultima weapon for highest in strength, but minus two MP, which is just awful. <laughs> That's a pain. But it does have a chance to crit, which is cool, um, but not cool enough <laughs> to make up for the minus two MP or the trouble of winning the platinum match. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, which is what I say to... The Marvels. Um, first thing I... First thing, nothing about the trailer itself, but the thumbnail for the teaser that I see on the oh site. Oh my god, where, yeah. Um, 
So it's just Brie Larson Brie looking Larson. at you and kind of like daring you. Like, go on, go make a controversy out of this so we can generate hype and word of mouth. Yeah. You know you want to so bad. Brie Larson giving that smug look that she gives all the time. Like her one facial expression that she knows how to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, it's... I'm sorry. It's it's two characters I'm not interested in, and my least favorite character in the MCU. I'm not going to. It's just to give a shit about this movie. It's just not for us. And so yeah, I'm not even gonna like. I don't know. I want to spend my time worrying about it. CG like, looks awful. Other than I learned also. that like in this, so what they changed Kamala Khan to in this one was something like a genie. Like she's like she's got like genie powers now. Wait, was that in the show? Yeah. Okay. At least whatever. At least I under, as I understand it. I don't care. It's not. It's I don't know. I I really I'm I'm trying hard not to like completely shit on this because I mean there was nothing offensively bad in the trailer other than the CGI. Yeah. But like. You know, actually, the the top comment on this sums it up very well. Uh, it feels like a high budget Nickelodeon movie or like a DCOM. <laughs> yeah, I I like the like one. I, is, the comment was like, "Oh, this hey, they might integrated as well be the fucking uh... sky high." <laughs> <laughs> I like the one of the comments was like, "I like that they integrated the character selection from GTA Five. <laughs> Yeah, just wake up as the character in a weird. Yeah. So, like, honestly, the plot is almost like a. um, It's like one of those flash plots where he meets himself from the other universe, but they have to like split their speed force. So it's all they got their their speed shorts tangled. Like they like that's the plot of this movie is that they all got they all got their shorts twisted. Um, this is another movie that's not being <laughs> received very well. The trailer is seven point six thousand up to forty one thousand down. So, uh, from reading these comments and <laughs> just the general tone, I don't think this is going to do particularly well. Yeah, I think I think everyone the the other part of it is like instead of having you know. Eating, taking the bait for controversy, they were just they're just over it. the The easiest, like the most uh, straight to the point kind of uh, reaction is just if people want to watch it, sure. Um, yeah, just, are they releasing this in theaters? I think so. Yeah, November twenty twenty three. Um. Whew. I think this is gonna bomb. I know Captain Marvel made a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, but that was a different time. That was pre-COVID. That was when the MCU was hot. That that movie came out in between Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Um, so like, there's no way this is making even close to that. I would say the benchmark is gonna be: Does this make more money than Black Widow? Yeah. I think that's a good way to to think about it. Also, we I don't even know who the villain of this movie is. 
that's not entirely clear now. Is there maybe like, it's not the scrolls again? They're punching something at one point. They're, pu- they're punching aliens. I can tell you what. Yeah. I don't, they don't look like scrolls. Okay. Because they're not certainly. doing secret invasion yet. No. Although, fucking, I'll be, I'll be hella mad if they've got a Fantastic Four movie coming out and they have another character interact with the scrolls. <laughs> Um, yeah, and this thing in this movie doesn't, it doesn't even have like the nineties gimmick that, um, Marvel one had going for it. Um, it's got the team up gimmick with, again, with, so this is what character who has been in a movie, their sidekick who has been like a sidekick in the movie and, uh, someone from a TV show, which I but, think the TV show had like, what, both of these... six episodes? Something small like that, but I think also lost in that is that um, the other character, the one that used to be the sidekick, fucking got their powers in a TV show. Oh, was that from Falcon? No, it's from, it was in WandaVision. Oh, shit, she was in WandaVision. That's right. Yeah, for an episode the... just to like give an excuse to write her powers into the fucking. Yeah, we had to look it up because we were like, who is this? And now yeah. we know. Okay. Okay. But she still has to explain her powers <laughs> verbally in the trailer so yeah. we all get it. Because they. <laughs> I mean, they expect you to watch WandaVision, but they don't require you to watch WandaVision. <laughs> yep. Okay, that's that's the Marvels. Yeah, and that's that about do tray watch. Yeah. So let's move now to the follow up. And my goodness, the biggest box office of the year, um, in terms of total dollars, two hundred twenty-seven million dollars. Which puts it twenty-seven million dollars ahead of the previous high, which was the previous week. Yes, I am. I see. I'm seeing t- uh, things out now that are they're saying like, oh, it's the highest-grossing video game movie of all time. Um, you know, uh, record-breaking stuff, stories, and some of these are related to my video game news this week. But um, I guess you know what? I'll I'll be I'll be about it. Um, this is me chomping down on my words, um, is so it, it at least was popular. I underestimated. You gotta eat that hot wing. Yeah. I think that was the term. Oh yeah. I'm going to have, okay. I'll go eat some hot wings for sure. We'll, we'll set up the time. We'll do a stream just for that. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess I underestimated the, the full on popularity of this. Uh, we're still going to see it and see how it stacks up for certain. Yeah, um, that's that's why we're doing Tetris. Jake couldn't be on the show this week, and so we figured we'd, we'd bump Mario to next week so we could all weigh in on it. But $166 million opening, uh, one of the biggest post-COVID openings I've, I can remember seeing. Yeah, the Marios. Um, and it just destroyed everything else at the box office. Okay. Well, uh, so yeah, sequel in the works. 
other things in the works. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Illumination, you've done it again. You've made one for the masses. <laughs> well, yeah. It's it's made a lot of money. Um, it's it's uh, getting mixed reviews, I'd say. <laughs> Just uh, mm-hmm. doesn't. Yes, that is part of the whole like news about it is that the there's a high disparity between the critical and um, audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, which, as we've seen, that happens. People don't know how that website works. I've seen that stuff, too, and I've seen people, like, trying to, like, say it's because, oh, people have a problem with Chris Pratt. But here's the thing. Every movie now reviews high audience score on Rotten Tomatoes because the verified reviews, turns out, are only the positive ones. This has been the case with that website for almost a year now. I think ever since I don't know Captain Marvel came, or the original Captain Marvel came out, yeah, or around that time, they started doing verified reviews to stop review bombing, aka stop the audiences from shooting on stuff that are critics rated highly. Right, and it's kind of gone its own way now. Where yeah, um, where when a critic doesn't review a movie well the audience score is still high because they do the verified review thing like people need to learn how that fucking website works i hate that website for so many reasons number one because it it's a shitty run website like Mm -hmm. it's it's barely functional and it it's not very clear about how the system works and how to interpret it like a 99 percent on it's not like a score on a test right you know, like it's a it's a measure of consensus, not quality. Yeah. Um, for a more, you know, a little broader view, like IMDb, IMDb puts this at a seven point four. Uh, the Metascore is a forty six. With with a pretty wide spread, like Collider and and the Hollywood Reporter gave it pretty high. Screen Rant, The Guardian, Total Film gave it kind of mid. Slant, Movie Nation. And some, uh, you know, papers gave it pretty low stuff, but Meta yeah. Metascore is usually a, a little, at least a little better. Metascore, I I typically between the audience and uh, like regular Metascore, that's usually my like definitive. Okay, this is the real measure of how this is quality. I don't always agree with it, but usually it's pretty representative. Uh, but we'll find out next week. Yeah. Um, in a in a far distant second place is John Wick Chapter Four, which managed to bring in sixteen million dollars in its third week, bringing its worldwide total gross to three hundred fourteen million dollars. Indeed. Um, so a good day for Mister Wick. Still, yeah, still rocking it. Um, probably quality wise, still the best movie in the box office. Yeah. Um, in third, uh, debuting in third, we got air, air ball, air. um, which is good. I a- think that's a year. This is a good choice for them because, you know, it's, if you want to go by like the music, the, uh, music production kind of, uh, uh, workflow, or, you know, um, principles, right. It's, it's channels, right. You have the kids and family. And you don't want to interfere with that, so you'll put the 
um, like the sports movie for uh, for older demographics in and have it come yeah. out at the same time. So, interestingly enough, um, there's no distributor listed for this movie yeah, on IMDb. So I want to see, did they? Um, did they independently release this? Good for them, if true. Air premiered and was released theatrically in the United States on April 5th by Amazon Studios. Okay, so I guess okay. they don't they don't have that page set up in their database <laughs> or something. But uh Air tap danced its way into our spotlight this week. So um we'll continue discussing it. Re- real reviewers reviewing real products. I was Yeah. Um I'm just gonna get the breakdown here. Seven point eight of ten on IMDB, ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and a seventy five percent Metacritic score. So pretty good, pretty solid. Nifty. Yeah. Um but, but again, how much does that matter? It doesn't matter a damn fucking bit because they're not real reviewers. Real reviewer shoes. Real reviewer size traits. 30, They've walked a mile. Size 36 <laughs> bright red clown shoes. <laughs> With the neon green <laughs> stitching. <laughs> that's, the, that's the key. That's the piece de resistance. Um, so uh, let's, let's, get, let's get the... The truth, straight from the mouth of babes, uh, such as QCW Jan, J-A-Y-N, 10 out of 10 review of Air. Um, Whenever this two friends come together, they create movie magic. There are so many ways an audience will connect to this movie as it relates to NBA and Nike. This this is one of the feel-good movie. <laughs> the acting in the film is top notch, with each actor delivering a convincing and heartfelt performance. The standout performance is not is, wait is from Matt Dame, Matt <laughs> Matt lowercase M A T, Damien capitalized. <laughs> Matt Damien. The film's cinematography is also noteworthy. There it is. Take a I drink. drink Overall, Air is a beautiful and moving film that explores the complexities of grief and the power that family bonds. It's a must-watch for anyone who appreciates emotionally resonant dramas and outstanding performances. Boy. The story is well-crafted, keeping the audience engaged throughout, which they felt needed to be its own I paragraph. Would, I would say paid bot, but... Um... They would have their shit this, spelled right if that was the case. Th- yeah, this feels. I was gonna say this feels like, uh, like a Chat GPT two yeah. <laughs> generated review. <laughs> I like not not quite didn't quite nail it yet. I want someone who will call me Matt Damien. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Matt Damien. I'm here for you. Well, for like a hundred dollars, um, you can you can make that a reality for everyone. Damien. You can legally change your name. Is it really well, just it's more 100? than a hundred dollars? No, it's a lot more oh, than that. Shit. It's a lot of paperwork too. Damn, damn. 
I'll change my name to Sweets Goodman. <laughs> Sweets Goodman. Um, one out of ten here from Orin John C. Orin John. Orin John. Orin John. See. Uh, Orange. One out of ten. Horrendous. One out of ten. I don't. Yeah, you gotta read this in your plinket voice. I don't know how it is. Wait. I. I. I miss Mister Plinkart. Mister Plinkart. I don't know how it is possible for anyone to give this movie a better rate than a six point five. I'm rating this a one because of the inflated rate. And horrendous cinematography. Way too many medium close-ups. And became very (laughs) annoying to watch. I can't help but laugh when they hold on Matt Damon's face while he gives the most watered-down speech that lasts for what feels like ten minutes. It might actually be that long. The jokes are corny. (laughs) I was boggled at the amount of stupidity that funneled through my ear no matter the supposed intensity of the scene. I thought I was in for some moneyball-type dialogue, but I became increasingly annoyed with the writing. I'm not even going to say anymore, except warn you not to watch this piece of garbage, for you may lose many brain cells unless you're doing it to protest corporate movie culture. (laughs) Eight out of twenty. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy the fact that the one person who's ever like given an example of cinematography <laughs> is like the one review that's called the movie out for having bad cinematography. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, um. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Um. Uh. All right, I'm saving. I'm saving that one for the end. Uh, Lucas, Lucas NTZ, uh, five out of ten. Not everything needs to be a movie. <laughs> this movie could have been a newspaper paper article that you'd read in like six minutes. Probably was at one point. <laughs> There's really nothing that requires a scenic implementation. The whole dialogue feels like a business meeting, and while that is the core scene of it all, it drags over a runtime of nearly two hours. I like the aesthetic and attention to detail when making making the time period come to life, and I couldn't say there would be any bad performances in the movie, just nothing groundbreaking either. It's also a weird decision to only show Michael Jordan from behind, <laughs> and it his and his like has like five endings. Every time you think it ends, there's another one. <laughs> Finally, I personally hate the where are they now text screens at the end of such movies with a burning passion. But as anything else, that's that's subjective. This is not a bad movie. It's just very bland. 18 out of 27. Okay. Well, Jelascaro has a has a more positive feel on this movie. Nostalgia, respect, and Chicago pride. Thank you, goats. Submitted April 8, 2023. Um, strap in, folks. This is a long one. 
Mm-mm. I grew up in the 90s, and for those who didn't, Michael Jordan was represented at a minimum 5% of an era and 10% of Chicago. I respect Ben and Matt even more as filmmakers after this. <laughs> the numbers don't lie, Joe. <laughs> There we go. That's the voice. Yeah. It was the story every fan of MJ had an idea of, but didn't know the whole story. I keep losing it. I don't know. I don't know who the story of Sony, who is every bit of sports legend as Michael. Okay, I got to make sure I'm reading this right. If Michael wasn't already great, him and Nike's head of basketball Sonny, okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> it was a typo. <laughs> Played by Matt Damon, changed the lives of so many athletes, giving them the right to collect money on their name, which changed the lives of so many families. I'm pretty sure they collected money on their name from, you know, the paycheck. <laughs> to play. Just a thought, yeah. Um, The idea came from another legion's. Doris Jordan, Michael's mother, so refined Michael's first contract, first first in contractor, both randomly capitalized, which gave him a piece of revenue for every Air Jordans ever sold anywhere in the world. It turned out to be a great deal for both of them, considering Nike brings in $400 billion a year just on their Air Jordan line. Oh, shit. The Air Jordan story focuses less on Mike and more on Mike's team, who are all legends in the goats. <laughs> I. <laughs> That's a period. After the, it's just I and then the period. Oh, I think it was supposed to be in their own way because the next sentence starts their own way and then ends. <laughs> just says abruptly. <laughs> the story shows. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> This, this is the one that finally I broke think, me. Holy shit. Like, I was going to wait till after you were done, but fuck, I have to say it now. Like, this is a, this is a rarity in uh, a case in which the fucking 10 stars are less coherent than the 1 stars. Oh, this is 9 star. Oh, but it, it, it? it exhibits a few, few of our favorite traits. <laughs> uh,. Michael Jordan will and will always be the greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> period after greatest in the basketball player of all Jeez. time. <laughs> but what makes him the greatest athlete, period, athlete of, period, all time came with a little bit of assistance from, period, the Nike team. <laughs> I have to send you this link so you Please can see what I see. because... Um, it sounds like they just mashed their keyboard. Like, they fat-thumbed this whole review. Um, bracketed in quotes as a new paragraph. A shoe... <laughs> nothing's capitalized. A what shoe is just a shoe. Mean? Until someone steps into it. I believe that's a quote from the movie. Okay. Um, in this is... In this is instance... That person was Michael Jordan. This is a new paragraph. Completely disconnected from the quote. <laughs> that person was Michael Jordan. And from that day forward, the Air Jordans were a symbol and still are a re-a symbol of greatness. Oh, my. Fu- they have lost the plot. The, the fucking still A-R-E. Two words in. And they felt like, like, I need to finish the review. 
but I am currently three feet tall and one with the universe. How do I fucking do this? Thank you, Michael, for defining my childhood and never stop being the goat. Film, 9.5 out of 10. Mike, 10 out of 10. Goated. One out of four people found that helpful. I picked that because I saw 10 out of 10 goaded and was like, I don't care what the rest of this review is. That will sell it. But oh my God, did I ever get so much more than I fucking fucking bargained for? Cornucopia. Like, how do you. It's. It is a sickness, you see. I almost don't want to read this next one star review. I want to leave on that note, but. We got to keep going, yep. It, I I got just it, random letters. <laughs> Not even going to try to pronounce yep. that. Um, it's a minute one out of ten. You've seen this movie before. Watched the new movie Air last night, and it's a competent movie, but it's a movie you've seen a hundred times, and you already know how it's going to end. I'm not really as enamored with Michael Jordan, so everyone else as a wait. I'm not nearly as enamored with Michael Jordan, so everyone else. So maybe my view is a little more objective. <laughs> I don't know a thing about basketball or shoes, so I didn't know exactly what would happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that only went so far. It's generic. It's predictable. It's Affleck's weakest movie, in my opinion. But he's yet to direct a bad movie, as far as I'm concerned. I guess if you're the type who's obsessed with shoes, you might enjoy it more than I did. That's a 1 out of 10 review. Oh, my God. It helped. 21 found that helpful. Oh, Jesus. Boys, we're, we're rocking it out today. Um, which is good, because I'm going to finish with this one from Feast Mode. <laughs> He's gone to feast mode. Feast mode. Six out of ten. Another reason why he's the goat. I know. I saw that one. I know (laughs) this movie isn't specifically about Michael Jordan, but this story is more proof of why he's the greatest of all time. It's crazy how much impact a single person can have, not just on a sport, but on an entire industry. Even getting this movie made was most likely due to the draw. His name still holds. As for the movie itself, it's a fairly standard based on true events movie. It's well made with good characters and performances by the star-studded cast. It's pretty funny, especially Ben Affleck's outfits. The story is mostly well told, although it meanders a little at the end. I had a good time with this movie. It's not something I see myself revisiting, but I think most will enjoy it. Five out of ten. Excellent. All right. That's air. We're in and out. Switching back up. In fourth place, we have Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. $15.4 million in its second week, so a rough drop-off after not opening with a particularly impressive box office. Uh, but it still managed to gross $128 million worldwide. Uh, but I believe it had a $150 million budget, so... Uh, it could be a money loser for yep. that, but I feel like it'll it'll be something that people will watch on Paramount Plus. I don't know how much I don't know how to ascertain the value that a movie brings to a streaming service. Yeah. And I mean, as a as a Wizards property turned movie, 
I think this, I would hope that this is. Well, it's certainly a lot better than the last Dungeons and Dragons movie they made. That's what I'm saying. Which has a Wayans brother in it. Let the fire (laughs) rain from the sky. (laughs) Bring him back in the sequel. God damn it. Please. Um, if I mean I guess if this has a sequel. And and bring back Hugh Grant. It's come back Hugh Grant needs to be in every movie. Please. And I will die on that hill. Um Scream Six finds itself in fifth with three point eight million dollars in its fifth week from Paramount. So that Paramount's made a lot of money on Scream Six. It can take a little bit of a haircut on Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Hopefully. But it's just more more proof that it just when in doubt, just put a horror movie in the box office. Chiching. Can, can be made for a hot dog and a handshake. Uh, his only son <laughs> made a hot dog and a handshake. Um, in sixth, from third, <coughs> they they wanted, they're like, we'll get it in before Easter. So, oh, no, yeah, this, this is the thing. Easter so, this is, week. yeah, so. Yeah, this is for the Easter weekend um, thing. So, we don't have plus minus week over week mm-hmm. i'm interested to see actually you know what i'm going to go back and see um what did it make this week peter uh it made uh domestic which i guess is really the only market here two uh 2.8 million um okay and it made Total. 5.5 million last week so in fact did drop off considerably over Easter weekend, which I'm not surprised because while it is a religious movie, it's not about Easter. Yeah. <laughs> very, very interesting choice to release a movie about Abraham and Isaac. Tangential. <laughs> on Easter. Different Bible story. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> yes, in Creed. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, in Three. Um, yeah, Creed 3. Uh, Two million this week. 2.7 million. Um, 2.76 million, rather. Um, for a total here, I'm seeing domestic, uh, 153 million, international of, um, 113 million, so worldwide, 268 million. That's how those numbers work. Nice, nice little take there. Yep. Um, underneath it, just slipping, slipping and sliding. Um, now this is one that's not going to make it six weeks in the box office. Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Um, out of Warner Brothers is taking a fucking bath on this movie. My God, yeah. uh, out of a thousand theaters this week. So this is in the late run theaters and the big theaters now. Um, it, this is one of those. It's it's at the point where there's going to be two showings a day in the multiplexes. It's it's moving yep. out. Uh, yeah, one point five six million this week for a worldwide total of 128.5 oof, anemic big oof as the children used to i don't do the kids still say big oof they, they'll just say oof or sheesh who are who are the kids now <laughs> <laughs> who is the world we need a song that lets people identify and say self identify i need you to get world. a lot of popular artists together to sing a song telling me who is the world and who, and are, who the are the children because i don't know who the ones that make brighter days are so i don't 
know who to keep Sweet. on giving to. Just wait for the next <laughs> Wu-Tang album to come out and see who... Track the package, because they're for the children. So you just need to see where that goes. Get the postal inspector. Except the old dirty bastard. <laughs> we have, Rest in peace. We found these, 36 cha- these 37 chambers. <laughs> we found these 36 chambers. They've been reloaded. <laughs> And then there was this other 36 chambers that was kind of dirty. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, six square. Uh, um, yeah, so that's that was Shazam. A thousand and one. Uh, you know, hanging out, sitting in the back here. Wait, oh, okay. So I this is a big difference. So you're reading this April 7th through 9th box office. I've been reading the April 7th through 10th box yeah. office. And at number nine, it's a different movie. Ooh. It's come out in Jesus' name. The come out in Jesus' name, not Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. I see. Which which was a fathom event that made $903,000. I see. So, yeah, that must have come out on Easter, probably like an Easter service celebration type deal. Um, go, to, go to your theater oh. instead of church, kids. Oh, I think it was about an exorcism, bro. So come out in Jesus' name. Following a startling chain of events, the most controversial pastor in America, Greg Locke, took a 180-degree turn from his mainstream religious traditions and led his church into legitimate revival. He and a diverse group of... Un- okay, so it's not about no. what? exorcisms. That... I I don't still don't know why that would be good Easter. I'm sorry. Game. Okay, or it is. Uh, <laughs> he and a diverse group of unconventional preachers then began to spark the most important awakening in the history of the Christian Church, for the most unlikely of means, by casting out demons. This fiery film documents the beginning of their journey. Come out in Jesus' name will be followed by a live simulcast event where Pastor Locke and his fellow demon slayers will lead a supernatural mass deliverance in Jesus' name, a Locke Media film, a Global Vision Bible Church production. I went, I went to the Regal Cinema. I got my popcorn and Pastor Locke exorced the devil out from me. (laughs) That is the... Oh, my God. That that might be... Oh, we might have to watch this movie. We need to see if we can get footage of that simulcast. Can we get get my demons cleansed? You can't... So, the simulcast... So, that must have been, like, a one-showing deal in theaters across the country. Yeah. Pro- like probably right during mass so that you had to go to it instead of going to your actual Easter mass. Yeah. Um, 1,001 rounded out the top 10 yes. with $675,000 if you add in the extra day yep. for the um, Easter. And the, the one that um, that Fathom event dethroned was <laughs> Paint's debut, uh, which I think was that they're doing a small theater release. Because it was only in 819 yes. theaters, um, made a little bit, or maybe it's a streaming partner thing. Let me see. No. no. Okay. This is this is a small premiere. Okay. So <coughs> we'll probably see it jump up to like seven or eight uh, next week. 
only to you know to make its way back down. That's that's kind of how I'm feeling about this. But that is that is the top ten. That yeah, or eleven, I guess, 11, as yeah. it were. Um, All right, let's talk some gaming news. In that case, big game news, video video game news. Um, two quick ones uh, put together. Um, the new Vampire Survivors DLC is out. Um, this is their second DLC. Um, I've been watching some gameplay of this. I did not realize how deep this fucking rabbit hole goes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is it is nuts. It's it's as it a good hook in which you know it just starts out as like basically a flash game, and turns into a new grounds flash game. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's pretty wild, but it's it's a great it's a great game to just kind of like sit down and play a little bit of because like you can outrun death at a certain point or even like conquer death i think Mm -hmm. but the the game is designed to be complete in 30 minutes like that your gameplay loop should only last 30 minutes so it's a great game if you if you want to play something on your lunch break got a little time built right in Um, yeah big big fan Um, of that so yes a bunch of new characters a bunch of new weapons um a couple new maps Excellent. I won't spoil anything uh, for those who want to hunt. Um, yeah, but I think one exciting. of the featured characters was like the archer, who is unique in that she has like an animation that she does that isn't just a walking hmm. animation. Like her firing her, she actually fires her weapon. <laughs> yeah, it sounds just like that. <laughs> You're rape. <laughs> y'all, y'all won't know what that was. We, I cut that one out. Thank you very much. Better um, remember to cut that one out. Um, yeah. Time sensitive. I'm sorry. Um, actually, hold on. Let me see how much time you have left before I say this, because it might be over by the time. Um, okay. Uh, not shown went through, but apparently you can pick up 14 classic Star Wars games for just $21, including both Knights of the Old Republic games and all the Jedi Knight games. Um, also has X-Wing and TIE Fighter in the bundle for a steal. Um, Star Wars Celebration, so that bundle is available on... Uh, I said proceed, please. Fanatical. Um, so for $21 US you can get uh, a... A bundle redeemable on Steam, which has all the Jedi Knight games, uh, Force Unleashed Ultimate Sith Edition, uh, Star Wars Dark Forces Battlefront Two Classic, both Knights of the Old Republics, uh, Force Unleashed Two, Star Wars Empire at War Republic Commandos. I would be all over this if I didn't already own like eighty percent of these <laughs> games on Steam. Yeah. <laughs> um. Not a bad bundle. You always, if you ever need to get so, your kid yeah. up to speed on Star Wars or whomever you're bringing into your life, here, all the Star Wars games go. Um, Arkham or Gotham Knights has been. Wait, no, not Gotham Knights. Oh shit! Which one is it? Gotham Knights is out, right? Yeah, that came out. So is it the Suicide Squad one? Mm. Probably kill the Justice League, right? 
Yeah, hold on. Where did I see it? It's been delayed to 2024 is, is what I'm trying to get at, but I want to make sure I have the right game. Oh, Jesus. Meanwhile, I I'll, have... I'll tell the story while you're looking that up. Um, yeah, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is delayed to 2024 after a very uninspiring uh, launch trailer or, or like first look at the game, which <laughs> looked pretty fucking unfinished. <laughs> Um, it has now been redated to release on February 2nd of 2024. Um, mm -hmm. so hopefully they, they have the time to, to polish that into something that will be all right. I mean, it's, it's still a game as a service deal, so. Yeah. Not, not, not super inspired by that. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I have a couple quick. I have one uh, that might not be news. Um, uh, multiverses. They are. They closed their, um, their open beta, which many people thought was the uh, actual game. Yeah. Uh I believe they're going to relaunch relaunch in twenty twenty four. And they are not going to be refunding <coughs> the money that people paid for this beta, which is now no longer accessible. Wait, people paid money for beta keys? Sixty bucks. Do they get the game when it releases Presumably. was it like a buying early okay so that's like a buying early access type of thing yeah but this was not they were under the impression that they would have this through the release yeah that it would not that is that's kind of a little skeevy yeah um so people are not happy about that uh and the other quick one um Super the Super Mario ground theme has been added to the US recording registry, which is apparently is the first instance of this happening for a video game. Is that the da -da 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 -da? No, no, it's the da -da 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 -da. Um, one Mario one one theme. Oh But to me the more iconic one is the underground theme, the da -da 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 -da. I don't know. I've had both. I've had a torrented version of both on my on my MP3 player since uh, since the, the 90s. ground theme's iconic because that musical crescendo sounds very similar to the one that plays when you die. And I was I was like, "What the fuck did I hit?" No. Oh wait, I'm still alive. I'm alive, and then but you panic, so you're dead. <laughs> Live again. <laughs> Fuck you. He's gone. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Lost him. This is cowboy. <laughs> Found him. Um. All right. That's video game news. Let's talk about the man in my ham sandwich, aka Tetris. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tetris. It's it's a film. That much I am certain of. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> It's there, really. That is the that is the long and short. That's the best we can say about it. Is that it is there? It takes up time, um, takes up airtime. 
it's an offering. Um, I it just doesn't it didn't wow me. Yeah, it didn't wow me either. Um, there's nothing like I can put my finger on as being expressly wrong with it. It's just it's not. They tried their best to do it. But I think in trying their best to make this a very engaging story, they kind of lost the plot a little bit because they they really like ham up like this is fucking Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or some shit like that. Tinker Tailor Tetris Spy. Um, This honestly, this falls for me in the it's in the valley. Right between the man from Tetris, very understated (laughs) kind of like an actual sort of thriller. Um, and a cheesy, hammy, uh, spy, g- goofy, over-the-top spy adventure, right? A comedy. Yeah, they kind of, kind of lost me. Um, at the car chase, <laughs> at that point, Thankfully, I was that like, was mostly the end, but yeah, it was towards the end. But they put th- in the there's a car chase a, in this movie as an advertisement. Um, yeah, this so a lot of the movie is just. Which it'll be fine if it was just this. It's them going and trying to hash out rights, and like it's a lot of people yelling on the phone about having or not having the rights to Tetris in certain capacities. Like, there's a lot of like dense legal jargon, which is interesting to me, but probably less interesting to normal people who don't watch Legal Eagle every day. <laughs> like the idea of a. You know, I, it's almost starting to bear out that, like, the whole concept of, like, a corporate thriller just isn't a good <laughs> premise, even though I really want it to be. Like, I like the idea of, like, you know, the, the machinations and the backroom stuff and the, the tricksy games that corporations will play against each other. And something like Succession was where that shines. Yeah, like I, I was about to say, it can be done, but few people are are willing to commit entirely to that and trust that to be engaging enough for a general audience, which is kind of weird because this was an Apple TV original movie. Yeah. So it's a streamer. You're not releasing this into theaters. Be bold. Take a chance. Can't have that. Instead, it kind of falls into a lot of the pitfalls of also of biopic films. Like even though there are no no one sings a song in this movie, um, weird the Al Yankovic story still acts as an effective parody <laughs> of this type of movie. Yeah, it uh, it definitely did kind of have that sort of vibe Especially to it. Especially like the in terms of where they're all figuring, the, they're all learning about Tetris. Yeah. It was kind of edited in a similar way to Weird the Al Yankovic story, and it was. Um, how do I describe it? It was like stylized the same. They used a lot of the same sort of like shot compositions and Color lighting. Grading, yeah. Yeah. Um, like it just felt very similar. Right. Which is, which I think comes from like stuff like um, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Rocket Man, where yeah. it's trying to make these mundane settings and like zhuzh them up. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to to try and describe it um yeah it's trying to be like uh 
like a documentary dramatization, but with a higher budget. Yes. Like it's a full it's a full feature length version of a flashback in a documentary. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's how it yeah, I'm gonna lock that one in. I'm lock that <laughs> in right there. Um and that the fact that it does that, but at the same time it's trying to be over the top zany like how he gets like fucking honey potted. Um, yeah, boys. It 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 doesn't jive. It doesn't you know the lot the blocks don't line up, as it were. Yeah, so I'll touch in the spoilers here for a little bit. Yeah. This might be a record episode of the podcast we're, because I don't know how much longer we're we going to go on this. We are back to basics on this one because we our brains are currently melting. Like, I spilled my brains all over the table. That's what you heard about. That's what happened about 10 minutes ago. What Kurt heard. <laughs> that immense <Yeah>. clatter <laughs> uh, was my brains going all over the counter, and I need a paper towel after this. Um, cause it's so, so fucking yeah. hot, but let's, let's just do spoilers. Uh, my, again, my recommendation is don't, I would say don't watch this. Like it's, you're not going to miss it. It doesn't feel like it's yeah. an essential like thing. That I would, in- your- instead of watching this movie, I would say, um, I think gaming historian, the gaming historian mm-hmm. has a video on Tetris. Yeah. It's like 40 minutes long. Watch that instead. You'll get all the same information. Uh, but without any of the ridiculous, over-the-top, uh, manufactured drama uh, and Cold War spy thriller nonsense that just feels like this movie is jumping the shark in the first act. Yeah, honestly, you actually have it right there, I think, which I think, going forward, this could be a metric by which we judge these kind of movies, is would I rather have watched a nonfiction documentary? about these events yeah. and the answer is that yes i would have rather considering what we got i would have rather watched a documentary um, yeah and we're not shit on documentaries like that's no that's the that's decent part why. of the clear it's informative <laughs> and uh it still has you can still have a tone and like you know be entertaining yeah, yeah. that's that's part of why that's why documentaries are so popular now you know um that's why there's a streaming service that's just documentaries yeah so with that said, um, yeah, let's talk about what happens in this movie. Um, so Taron Egan plays a Hank, uh, Hank Rogers. Yes, a a video game uh, distributor. I forget the name of the company. Bulletproof Games. Papercut. Bulletproof Games. I don't know why Papercut Games was in my yeah. He's, head for a minute there. And um, but he bet the farm on Go. He's a programmer. He made a digital version of Go. No one cared. But at a trade show, he saw Tetris. He saw Colonel. He saw Tom Hanks in a top. I mean Tetris. <laughs> this boy Tetris. He will become. He will become a superstar. I can't. I, I can't do a, an accent as bad as Tom Hanks did that accent. Yeah, I don't even know what accent that was supposed to be. Um, but he finds That's a star, was. Tetris, uh, which is both the like the analogy for um, the superstar talent in a music biopic, but also something like the nuclear codes in a spy thriller. <laughs> but also Hank is also the superstar in if we're doing the biopic analogy. Um, yeah, even though they try to like shift that to Alexi, but you don't meet Alexi until like forty minutes into the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And 
like even like complete with the like the rise to stardom and the second act breakdown where he loses everything in his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's got like the, I'm going to I'm going to jump it. So basically they he he embarks on a quest to get the rights to Tetris. And certain people think they have the rights to certain things, but they don't. And then there's the 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 money mogul guy yeah, who so is friends with Gorbachev. There, I'm thinking about how many parties are like in this, and I was like, oh, well, there's three. Wait, four, but like actually five, maybe six. There's like six yeah. different factions in this movie, all vying there's, for there's these like, rights. There's like three main factions and several middlemen. Um, that are either trying to make their own deals or whatever, but basically it's just a bunch of bullshit related to that. Not super interesting, no. and so we'll skip it. Um, there's some ridiculous things that happen in this movie, like you know, obviously wiretapping phone and whatnot. You know, I've I've seen the Dark Side of the Ring episode of Collision in Korea. I know that they too like that is a thing. Really that closely yeah. watch these these foreigners in their country but like the the sending russian goons to tokyo to like rough up his wife except they don't rough up the wife at all this isn't a fucking russian mob um and also like i just i you know i if it wasn't for kamal khashoggi i've been like why (laughs) no one's gonna send foreign agents to rough up someone in another country that just doesn't that's not a thing that would happen i don't think no that's that's an international incident <laughs> yeah um even yeah the the fucking honey so i go back to the honeypot scene cuz like they do it as so the plot is he goes to russia for you know back and forth and he's like a lot of the plot is oh let's do this part of the deal wait let's do it tomorrow night personal and then you have a personal and um um, where they you learn more about the characters, and then um, you go back to business, and then it kind of alternates in that way, and like accumulates where Hank seems like oblivious of the fact that he's in like a a surveillance state, um, <laughs> and they fucking so he has his his translator, um, and this in a scene that baffled me. Like, she's the translator, and she's, like, I thought she was, they set it up as she's the ditzy, like, translator who turns out to be invaluable, and she's just on his side. Um, But, like, he's stressed. But psych, she's in the KGB. And how they set this up, because they they have, it's really uninspired, the setups and payoffs. Like, as soon as, where you can see him from a mile away, when the daughter goes, I have my concert coming up in a week or a month or whatever. He's like, yeah, honey, I have to go on this He's business trip, and miss I'm like, the concert, bro. And then they're gonna play Cats in the Cradle and Silver. And they literally do the shot that's like the meme shot where she's at the concert and she sees <laughs> the Austin Powers three shot. Yeah, <laughs> where it's the empty chair in Daddy the front wasn't row. There. <laughs> that should have been the song she sung. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy wasn't there. <laughs> It's so like it was no subtlety to it at all. 
No, all the subtlety of a fucking nuclear sludgehammer. So when, <laughs> so when at the most stressful part of the negotiations, when they're kind of shutting him down, the like the translator like kisses him, and I'm like, wait, wait, is she like an agent? Like, is they gonna they're gonna blackmail him with this? What the fuck? Yeah, and then it comes like... out that she was like, yeah, she's like a deep cover agent. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like, why would they go through the trouble? <laughs> yeah. Um, or like, how do you set that up? Like, I guess if you had a bunch of different translators, maybe. Like, one of them, you, as he's, like, doing business, they're like, all right, send the send one of our field agents, like, just to be the be our minder for this guy. Sure, I could see that, yeah. Um, but, I don't know, it seems a little, it just feels, comes off as a little implausible like from the get go yeah. that she was always there. Um, a lot of really, you know, again, nothing subtle about this movie. A lot of cartoonishly evil dudes, like literally men in the biz, big oil baron span, you know, uh, yeah. uh, suspenders and pinstripe suits with the fucking bow tie. And I'm like, and the slick back hair, which again feels like an eighty, like that's the vil, that's the industrial villain in an eighties movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy who's trying to shut down the community center. Yeah, fucking exactly, and his shitty little son, um, which I could believe those as real people. I could see you know rich people being assholes like that. But anyways, um, it all does not jive with like them in a dusty Soviet office, like <laughs> being given the runaround yeah. by men in dark suits yeah the the whole thing was pick caricature to a ridiculous degree um and Um. again it 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 kind of it does a lot of embellishment (laughs) both of the video game and of the people involved like so the video game it does some basic continuity kind of things like where they'll be playing the video game and then it cuts to them on the, the reverse angle and they're hitting all these buttons and the game was not moving that fast where you needed to click 30 buttons in the span of five seconds. Um, <laughs> and they're playing all these lights and sound effects that don't match up to the actual gameplay. Like, Tetris is a, again, part of it. Why it was so popular was its simplicity. Um, but they yeah. have to, you also have to communicate that it's a video game and Hollywood <laughs> is, uh, rather li- still trying to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, and then you have Alexei Pajitnov, who, um, in real life, he was pro- he was a professor, a computer you know a computer scientist with some capitalist tendencies who you know just wanted to like make money on this thing that he made, um, but they take that and they spin it into like he's like a freedom fighter, yeah, like resistance agent. But I think part of that was just um, the year that this movie set. They wanted to capture that, like, communism was losing its grip. And, you know, there was growing unrest in the Soviet Union, which is not appropriate for the scope of this movie. But it does (coughs) does line up with making your hero the good capitalist. Not like those evil yeah. communists who are corrupt or those bad capitalists who are also corrupt. You know, the only way to defeat a bad capitalist is a he's good just cap- fighting to He's just fighting to make sure he can get money for this thing he created. He wants, you know? the, Amer- he wants the American dream. 
in Tokyo. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of lionization going on, which, you know, it's on Apple TV, so I'm sure they there's at least some in, by everyone involved, you know, to to boost the idea and lionize the concept of um, just be a good businessman. Just I don't take I don't take bri- bribes. I you know that was their downfall is that they took bribes. But I'm an honest businessman. At this point, I smash cut to the credits where I see that Alexi and Hank and uh, Hank's daughter. <laughs> are all executive producers <laughs> on this because they own Tetris. You know, they're the heads of Tetris games. Um, yeah. So they they just got in on this movie as executive producers. Um, yeah, so again, it... Cum- it's probably how they secured the life rights. Yeah. It culminates... Um, when do we get the movie about getting the life rights to Tetris so you can make the Tetris movie? The Tetris, Tetris movie. Or the Tetris yeah. movie movie. Um, yeah. So again, this culminates in in action sequence where they're doing a, a chase scene in a lotta through the streets of Moscow. Um, and it's just like, Alexi's like, get in. And these government cars cannot outrun this tiny little lotta. No, sir. <laughs> um, yeah. So they fucking, they get him and they outwit him. And it's like, and then there's like a <coughs> internal coup from the, the minister of foreign affairs against Gorbachev. And the the agent, the lady agent, has like a turn. She has like a change of heart because she believes in you know the pure. No, no, no. Because she called him a bitch, or she he called her a bitch. That's what he says. Like, oh, it's because you. It's because I called you a bitch, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't until that time that she <laughs> decided she was gonna go to Gorbachev. <laughs> so he's kind of right. He's not not entirely wrong. Um, I should also make a mention of the visual effects. We didn't. Uh, it's not a lot to talk about other than that it's doing that thing where the graphics aren't actual like they kind of look like bad video game graphics but not in any convincing way it's in a Hollywood studio effect how do we make this look like a video game way that doesn't actually (laughs) connect to like visually theme with Tetris other than oh it's 8-bit guys and I don't even think it's 8-bit just they just made it squares they just had some yeah they and it makes for some really ugly shots like there's this one where it's an establishing shot of the l um l org building and it's zoomed close in but to get the whole thing they put a fisheye lens on it to get the wide (laughs) shot and then they mask that over with the video (laughs) game effect and having pixelated fisheye lens buildings no sir (laughs) That is not a not shot. a great look. That's actual bad cinematography. Reviewers, <laughs> we've just made critiques of the cinematography. That's how we do it. It's not. <laughs> I think people think you know cinematography is it's the art of visual storytelling, right? And you know shot composition, lighting, all that shit. And people just think, well, the picture moved on my screen, so the cinematography must have been great. They slid the camera. <laughs> functional movie. They slid the camera around. I mean, I can talk about like how there was some noticeable, like, just straight up bad editing because, um, yeah, there was some weird. I noticed some weird. The continuity too. just felt off, which is weird because these were in scenes where you were in one, you were in one room. And the fact very, that they did, very comp, very uncomplicated. Yeah, they just didn't get like good coverage, 
for some reason. So they couldn't do good continuity. They they only had the lead actor for like a couple days. They had the they had this the the to keep the schedule. So really this this really did come out as like we have air at home. We have the night we yeah. have the Michael Jordan air air Jordan story at home. So that's yeah, that's that's Tetris. So we're we're running everyone. This is a Hollywood triplet situation. So airs out in theaters now. Um, I'm going to endeavor to see it yep. this weekend. Maybe we'll do a double feature of uh, some, some sort. I mean, like yeah. Kurt and I in the theater IRL, not as a yeah, not as a episode. not for the podcast. Oh well, we'll talk yeah. about it on the yeah. podcast, but we're not. Black Blackberry is the one that's coming up, is what I was thinking of. So I was like, but Blackberry's not out, Peter. How are we going to do a double feature on the podcast? I guess it was to <laughs> clarify was like, that we're, we're not doing it as a double feature with the Mario yes. Bros. movie. Mario Bros. movie will be its own episode. Error might follow that. Typically, we don't review movies in our feature that we've already done spotlight on, but um, we've broken that rule in the past. We're, I also don't know what's Mavericks. what's releasing. What's releasing next week? Do not know. Uh, movies. Now this is a real old episode where we're just looking shit up and and having a conversation. <laughs> the scheduled portion of the program has uh, ended. Releasing next week. Movies, upcoming movies. What we got here? Show me, show me what you got. Um. Uh. This is very unhelpful. <laughs> look up on the. Look, we got the app. Um, it shows what shows what's That's coming true. up. That's true. Okay, this one's a little bit more. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, maybe. Okay. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> so we. I think there's some room in the schedule. It it could happen. We're not going to guarantee it though. But I will guarantee that I will outdo it for episode. 362 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt. Oh, wait, no, that's not the beginning. Yep. <laughs> just start, we're just going to loop it over again. We're just going to loop it over again. It's, it's, that's how it's we get to the, uh, the regular episode length. Yeah. Just new podcast. <laughs> how, how fucking awesome and meta would that be? But no, it's uh, until next time, we will stay safe and fire like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye. Bye bye.